FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. Is a special flashback episode. Flashback. And it's Cameron's 40th birthday jubilee. Ha <laughs> ha, see what I did there? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a good time. Yes, that yes. Was good, uh, well uh, played, sir. Well played. Pulled it all together, and you might be wondering how, but you'll, you'll re- all will be revealed. All will be revealed. But he meant, he meant 30th, though. We should have. Oh, yes, yes. The big 3 <laughs> Yes. The, the millennial twenty. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. Um, but yeah, so I don't know when for sure this is going to come out, but we're recording this right before Cameron's birthday, and um, we're going to talk about Jubilee a little bit, getting together. Well, not together. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. Um, <laughs> but joining up with Wolverine and kind of the start of that relationship uh that kind of almost uncle niece dynamic that they have for a long time all starts here with these issues of uncanny x-men so oh wait introductions i am jason (laughs) lame macho attitude venable and i'm joined once again by the birthday boy himself cameron robo dingo sinclair Robo dingoes eating your babies. Yes, eating your robo babies. Or your real ones. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so we are going to talk about Uncanny X Men 251 through 253. But um, before we get to that, a little bit of a little bit of gripe fest. Uh oh. Yeah. So originally. To celebrate Cameron's birthday, and also because we haven't done a flashback in several months, um, we were gonna do a twofer. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, we were we were gonna do a twofer, but Marvel Unlimited screwed us. Yep. Now let me speak plainly, ladies and gentlemen, and <laughs> non-binary <laughs> genders. Um, the, I I love Marvel Unlimited. I think it's a fantastic service. Great I service. I think it's a pretty decent price. Great um, selection. You know, if you've been following my Twitter at all, you know that I'm pretty much all my, all my time that used to go to Words with Friends now goes to Marvel <laughs> Unlimited. Um, <laughs> so when I'm walking the dog or, you know, dropping a deuce or filling up the gas tank, I'm, I'm reading old comics. And, um, and honestly, DC, what are you doing? Why do we not have a DC Unlimited yet? I'd buy that too. But, um, yeah, get, get caught up. Um, but yeah, so great service. And when the app works, I like the way it works. I like the way it reads. I like the options you have inside of reading, whether you want to go, you know, full, you know, kind of like, you know, similar to comiXology, but I actually think. The reading is a little more friendly than comicsology, but it's my personal opinion. 
But, and this is a big but, which normally I love and cannot lie, but this but <laughs> I do not care for. Um, the app, when it works, works great, but there's a whole lot of times it does not work as intended. Um, there lots of times where I have to like start a comic over because the pages won't load right or... You know, just kind of close the app and go back in because it's like doesn't know what, it, what I'm trying to do. And this is one of those occasions where um, it locked me into like preview mode. So I, I, and conversely Cameron, who is using it to, to read uh, the, the comics a lot of times, can only see the first three pages. Now I went and checked all my account stuff online. Everything is up to date. All my credit card information is right. Um, you know, there's there's no reason it should be like that, but for whatever reason, you know, looking at Cameron's ceiling, I cannot uh, use the app right now. And so we're having to bump the Wolverine Soul issues we were going to do today and only do the Uncanny because, you know, Cameron's able to read those via other means. So anyway, just Marvel Unlimited, get your shit together. That's all I ask. Exactly. Great just, service, love having it, but when you can't use it, what good is it? Exactly. It's just a little disappointing. Yeah. But but anyway, we'll we will brush that off. We actually have some pretty um pretty Wolverine centric issues of Uncanny to get to that just do a lot with where the character is going to go as far as the team is concerned for the next couple of years. And so I'm excited to get into it. Me too. All right, cool. Well, anything else you want to say before we get started, birthday boy? Uh, how's my volume now? I moved my iPad around. Oh, that sounds fine. Okay. You're always uh, louder also, than me anyway. Uh, what's that? You're always louder than me anyway. I always have to like uh, mix me up. <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Um, I was also going to say, when you said, uh, DC, what are you doing? I was going to say, they're busy trying to figure out what the hell's going on with their movie franchise. <laughs> yes. Apologies to John Wilson. I know we agreed to disagree on that one. Um, I did. What did what I do? Oh, so I think we're going to try to watch Wonder Woman tonight because it's on um, the, uh, you can order it on DirecTV now. Um, oh, cool. You, hadn't, you didn't ever go see it? No, I never got a chance, unfortunately. Um, but I'm excited about that one because I've heard really good things about it. And I'm very yes. much looking forward I, to it. I would say it's the best one, which I know that's what lots of people are saying. So right. not to be too obvious, <laughs> but I, I think it's the it's the first one that I enjoyed everything about it. Awesome. Okay. There's wait. been bits. All of the DC ones have had stuff I enjoyed. Yeah, in, in, definitely. But this is the first one that, like, like many of the Marvel movies, not all of them, but like many of the Marvel ones, I've enjoyed it cover to cover. Yeah, even real to real. Intro to credits, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Right. Intro to post credits, whatever. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, finally, watched uh, Suicide Squad on my sick. I was homesick the other day. Um, oh yeah. Didn't didn't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my review. Didn't, didn't, I, I agree. Didn't I didn't it. hate it. But I think partly because I had I had heard so much bad stuff about it. Right. Although I think I I think I did hate about the first fifteen minutes of it. 
It took but a while to get they going. Kind of, once they got through setting all the characters up, right? the basic storyline I thought was okay. And so I, I liked it. And I really enjoyed Margot Robbie and Will Smith. I thought I, they yeah. both did excellent jobs. I'm deciding there's only one or two movies that Will Smith can't be the uh, the diamond and the turd in. Um, <laughs> there was that one, I don't know, the one that was a little bit too Scientology, I think care for his role in but um but even like the movies i don't like i usually like him in them and this was another yeah. example of that where i thought he was fantastic he just has he just he's got it whatever it is he's got it that charisma that just watchability likability even when he's not you know the quote-unquote best guy like he still has pull for him because you just like him um, yeah but. i wonder though if you erased Fresh Prince of Bel Air from our memory, if we'd still feel that way about it. I don't know. I don't know. I think I probably would, but I mean, I can't can't say for sure because I can't I can't and don't want to erase that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, anyway, so that <laughs> enough enough movie talk. Um, oh, have you watched? Have you finished Defenders yet? Yes. What'd you think? I loved it. Me too. Me too. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought, absolutely loved it. I thought the first episode was kind of a wash, like, but it was just a lot of setup and, and a lot of just in case you haven't been watching all the shows. Um, but when you have been, it's kind of like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I, I agree, except I don't feel like it was wasted information, right. but it was repetitive information. So, yeah. you know, like you said, for if you watched all of them, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, get to it. What are they going to be? <laughs> right, but right. if you hadn't watched all of them, because I, I know quite a few people who are maybe not quite as big of a nerd as me who've right. watched some of the series. You know, they watched maybe Daredevil season one and they hadn't got to two yet. A lot of people haven't watched Luke Cage, although I don't know why, because it's amazing. But a lot of people haven't watched that. I know a number of people that hadn't watched Jessica Jones. So, you know, if you if you hadn't obsessively watched all of them as I have, then maybe right. you might be a little confused. Yeah, on. no. I, and it was a good... Yeah, I definitely see the value of it. I was just kind of like, okay, let's get on to number two. <laughs> but once right. I got to number two, I was, I was in. So. Do you think they'll they'll... Do you think that they will pull the Punisher into the Defenders at some point? I don't know. He's in the new comic that is based on this team. Like He's kind of had is skirmishes it? with them the first few issues. So I don't know. I will have to see how that series goes. I was just glad to see that the the shows are not included, at least not now, could be later, but in the uh, the Disney umbrella purge of Netflix. You know, they're pulling yeah, all their stuff, are, but I guess since they're produced by Netflix, at least for now, yeah, the, you know, permission they're, they're safe. So, yeah, I bet they will be. I, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I guess Disney and Channel 8 are all trying to create, not Channel 8, ABC, I mean, Channel right. 8 here, ABC, yeah. uh, are going to create a standalone service. Yeah, yeah. Dis- or Disney maybe streaming. just Disney. So it's got, yeah, it's got Disney one, and but... Marvel and Star Wars and like, everything that the mouse owns. Well, yeah. That's where you'll have the content. You know, if they took 
if they created one and they lumped into that ESPN and CBS and all, I mean, ABC, I might get that. I mean, if it wasn't too expensive. I might. The only, the only thing is it sets a really bad precedent. Maybe not a bad precedent. Maybe it should be this way. But I, I can't get multiple streaming services and keep tied into some sort of cable dish, whatever. And I can't yeah, afford all I'm actually of that. Gonna- we actually decided to, to cut the cord. Are so you really? Okay. Been, well, yeah. I'll keep my so finger on your pulse there. See how it goes. Everybody I've asked that's done it has said they never looked back. Really? And so for the last couple of months, we've been kind of taking taking note of how much actual TV we're watching. Even right. like stuff we've DVR'd, how much of that we're watching. Yeah. I got a, the free Hulu trial right now. Okay. And so I feel like with, with Netflix, HBO... Hulu and Amazon, with, even with all four of those streaming services, it's still substantially cheaper than, than right. just a regular cable. Right, right. What are you going to do for your sports, like your FC Dallas and stuff? Um, that's often on local channels. Okay. And so you can get local stuff. Um, Hulu also has that that live channel option that's like 40 bucks instead of 12 bucks or whatever where you get like ESPN and AMC and like all like the basic cable channels and local channels and it's like a cloud DVR. Interesting. Yeah. And so I haven't used that yet. I'm only trying the regular streaming. Right. But I feel like if I get to a point like, you know, maybe when world cup world cup comes around, then I might up, up it up, jump it up to that one. And then that way I can record a bunch of world cup games. Awesome. And watch them on on your own time. Yeah, but I, I don't know. We'll see. ESPN also, again, they might have a streaming service. If they if they lump all that together, then I would... Yeah, well, I mean, it's owned. They're, they're a parent company, so it could be a lump. Um, yeah. A long time... And the Hulu option, the Hulu, the, the live TV one, it has ESPN and I believe Fox, Fox Sports too. Oh. Fox Sports also. Okay. So, I mean, it's... I don't know. The options are there, and even with that extra pay, it's still significantly cheaper than right. paying for yeah. hundreds oh, of yeah. channels I'll never watch. Right. Exactly. Oh, we'll have more. We'll have an ongoing conversation about how you yeah. like that because that. that so far, the only the only limitation <clears throat> is that Hulu doesn't always have every show, right. and Hulu's not like. Netflix, where it puts everything up there and then it's just there. Hulu right. has like the current season and then it disappears. Sometimes they keep all the seasons, but not always. And I haven't uh, found a rhyme or reason as to what, which. <laughs> why sometimes they have everything and sometimes they only have the recent stuff. Do they publish a schedule at all? Like Netflix, you can kind of look and see like what's coming yeah, up and what's know. coming down. I haven't looked into it. They might. Okay. And AMC, they don't, because AMC has their own service. Oh. They don't have anything live. AMC only after the season's over, then it will all show up on Hulu right. for a while. Yeah, so I... That, very strange. Yeah, and not to go too far down this rabbit hole, because we do have substantial comic content to talk about, but... um, true, true. Everyone's like, like, get to the So, like, like, FX Now. Like, if I yeah. want to use that app now, I just plug in my cable information. Right. I can use the app for free. If I didn't yes. have cable, can I just buy FX now? I don't know. Huh. I don't know if you can or not. I do know that if you have that Hulu live TV package, right, you can use that. You can use it in okay. there to get to the app. 
Interesting. But okay. I don't know if they have a streaming service independent or not. I don't think so. Yeah, interesting. But, okay. but Hulu has FX shows, but they don't have Legion, and I don't know why. Oh, that's such a good show. Yeah, such I know. And show. so that's, again, there's just a couple of random shows that are out there that I'm right. like, but this one show, but I don't want to, you know, pay 100 bucks a month for cable one. for like three, three or four shows. Right. Just for, just for Legion and Fargo. Yeah, even well, they are Fargo. possibly the two best shows. Um, well, yeah, Fargo's got uh, it's got Hulu has season one and two of Fargo, oh, but nice. they don't have three yet. I don't know why. Ah, okay. So sweet. So I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll keep I'll keep everyone posted on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Anybody else cares? So. Right. <laughs> well, I know people will care about this. Uncanny X Men two fifty one. Two fifty one. Which, of course, is Fever Dream, written by Chris Claremont, art by Mark Silvestri, and Dan Green. Oh, I miss that. Favorite. Um, letters by Tom Orjakowski, colors by Glennis Oliver, and cover by Silvestri and Green. And this cover is one of the all-time greats. Yep. Both as far as the X. Time. Yeah. Both as far as X-Men covers and, you know, Wolverine-specific covers. Um, yeah. Is Wolverine being crucified on the X-Cross in the Purple Rain um, on top of a hill of skulls? Not not too messianic there with, you know, like the Golgotha or whatever. Um, but we have yeah. some eagles, vultures flying above him in the rain. And it's just... The art, the color scheme, everything about this cover is perfect. Yeah, I agree. And the, the hint of sacrilege is uh, also <laughs> a bit tantalizing, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially kind of, for young Cameron. Right, right. But I think there's definitely like an, an intentional kind of shock value. And I just... And, you know, we haven't... We didn't talk specifically, I don't think, about 250 because I don't think Wolverine was in there. I don't remember if we... It may be like a brief cameo that we covered. Um, but regardless, I got to put myself back in this time, right? You know, in the summer, 89, um, the X-Men were all in the Savage Land. Wolverine was not with the team. He was off doing his solo stuff. And, you know, the Savage Land story, the big double size 250 wraps up. And I, okay, cool. Then you go to the comic shop the next two weeks, because at this point it was, you know, double shipping in the summer. And this is on the stands. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And yep. it's just like, whoa, what is going on? Like, Wolverine hasn't even been in the book all summer. And certainly, you know, don't know why, like, he's here. And then you open the issue, and you don't get answers right away. And there's no, no buildup. <laughs> so let's, you let's... don't really even get answers till the next issue. <laughs> right, in a lot of ways. <laughs> But but yeah, so we have a we have a cold open to Wolverine on an X shaped cross in the brutal outback sun. Pierce, Deathstrike, and their reavers have made their move. Pierce taunts Wolverine, but Logan gives as good as he gets, even hanging on the cross. There was no father forgive them. He was like, I'm gonna cut you a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, the reavers investigate some noise, but it's nothing. But actually, we see his jubilee, our X-Men Outback stowaway. Um, 
Wolverine has an exposition fever dream. <laughs> More on that in a minute. Um, but we do learn that the X-Men escaped the Reaver's ambush through the Siege Perilous. That night, Jubilee is horrified to see Pierce torture Wolverine and crush the Siege Perilous. A storm comes and Logan dreams some more. Jubilee has a crisis as Wolverine agonizingly, is that a word? I don't know. In much agony, pulls himself off the cross. As she struggles to decide whether to help or not, Wolverine asks for her help anyway. Yep. Yeah, so, um, as we kind of get to it in the pages, we'll, we'll talk more about this fever dream. That opening page is amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Bloody and brutal and everything you want from a Wolverine comic. Yeah, exactly. Everything teenage Cameron wanted from a Wolverine. (laughs) Right? And then you turn the page. I would say, for me, as far as, I mean, I know it's the X-Men, right? This is the team book. And we already have a Wolverine solo book, but... As far as a Wolverine story, these first four pages are perfect. Yeah. I mean, just just perfect late 80s, bringing into the 90s Wolverine yeah. comic book content. I mean, it's just... You get your over-the-top villain right? overly explaining what's going on. <laughs> right? You have Deathstrike and the Reavers come back. And, and his Reavers include, remember the three uh, guys from the Hellfire Club that Wolverine butchered. Yeah. Um, so they have a personal vendetta. And, man, I don't know. It's just, it's great, great comics. stuff, great art. Um, Sylvester is killing it on this book. Um, yes, absolutely. And I love Pierce, like the way he draws Pierce's cape. <laughs> which, I know, it's so much. There's yeah. so much cape there. <laughs> Taking a page from McFarlane, maybe contemporarily. Yeah. Um, this one, when this one panel, he looks like he's wearing one of those sumo suits that people wear to wrestle. Oh yeah, yeah, that's How true. Big it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, but he says, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna die out here in Wolverine, all bloody and sweaty on the cross. Says, what a bet. <laughs> just, just perfect. So the perfect. Best. Best Clint Eastwood impersonation. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so there we uh, We see Wolver- uh, Jubilee in uh, a little headband. Anything you want to get to before we get to the first dream? Um, I was going to ask, I don't remember why Jubilee's in Australia. Okay, all right. So if you, we didn't talk about, you know, and it's one of my, one of my disappointments because I forgot that I knew this, but I forgot it happened. And when I got to it, I was like, oh man, because you know, one of, one of my favorite relationships of the nineties, um, you know, was the Wolverine Jubilee kind of, I don't, I don't want to say father daughter because it really is more of almost like an uncle niece kind of situation. But, yeah. um, I love that relationship, especially as we get into the nineties, especially in the solo book because Jubilee shows up a lot in the solo book. Um, and I forgot that her first appearance, Wolverine's not even in. Um, it's that there are those two issues, the boys' issue and the girls' issue. Um, in Uncanny X-Men, one of the boys had boys' night and the girls had girls' night. So on girls' night, you know, the girls, of course, went to the mall. Let's go to the mall. Um, 
And and this, that's where we meet Jubilee. And the X-Men don't actually really interact with her. They're doing kind of other stuff. And, I mean, they do a little bit. But um, basically, at the end, when Gateway teleports them home, she kind of sneaks in behind them and gets teleported home, too. But when they oh. land, she, like, kind of stop, drops and rolls off to the side and just kind of hides and then follows the X-Men home to the base. And it's kind of been living, like, you know, in the, in the tunnels and the closets and she'll sneak into someone's room and grab some food and some clothes or whatnot. So she's kind of been the X-Men stowaway at the base. So she hasn't, since she's been back to Australia, has not interacted with the X-Men yet at all. So they don't... It seems like one of the, somebody psychic would have noticed that she was there. Seems that way. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but they don't. So So that's why she's hiding out. Yeah. So. Okay, that makes sense. So she's hanging out there, and so the X-Men are all gone, and so it's just her there now, and then Wolverine. Yes. Yep, and then Wolverine yeah. comes home, which we find out as we go. Then Wolverine, and I think not until the next issue, like you said, but comes home and finds the X-Men gone and is over, is ambushed by the Reavers, and that's yeah. how he gets... This, now, does Wolverine know they're in the Savage Land? Or does he just come back? Uh, he did, I don't think he knew. I think he just comes back and, you know, at some point realized nobody was home. Or maybe got ambushed <laughs> before that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's like, why, is, why isn't everyone just sitting around waiting for me this whole time? <laughs> right, right, right. I told Storm I had stuff to do. But, um, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So we, right. we get to this first fever dream, which is funny because he sees himself in the fever dream in his yeah. full Wolverine get up. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. And he seems, he sees, so this is interesting because, you know, I don't know if, if this is Psylocke somehow reaching out to him. You know, it's kind of a last ditch, almost psychic residue from when she left or whatnot. But um, it's pretty, it's pretty unclear. I was, I was quite confused throughout the, the, because so much of what happening, I was very confused of whether we were seeing the past or he was just seeing something currently happening that he maybe shouldn't be, or if it's just all made up. I think it's probably a mixture of all of those things, but it'll take us, some of that starts to get sorted out as we get into the next episode or next episode, the next issue. Right. Uh, but still, even after all three of these, there's parts of this. I'm still like, wait, okay. <laughs> I'm not totally sure what happened here. Right. Um, yeah, but, you know, we do, and I think, we, you know, we talked a little bit about this before we recorded because you were kind of like, whoa, what's going on? Um, and I didn't even, wasn't able to do a great job explaining it. But um, there's definitely, you know, I called it an exposition fever dream kind of, you know, to be silly, but it really is kind of what it is because there's some stuff here that Claremont's catching the reader up on that we know or maybe knew or getting extra pieces to, but Wolverine didn't witness any of this. Like when we see Havoc blast Storm in the back, you know, accidentally, uh, Wolverine didn't know about that. So unless there's some kind of psychic residue here that he's feeding off of. Well, that's why I was wondering if it was like a, like a ghost of Christmas present type thing. It's like we're Ah. somehow in this dream, he's seeing what was, what in the comic is purporting is currently happening. Right. 
Could be. Could be. Because we don't know timeline, you know, where, where this is, where we'll, when this is happening compared to what's happening to them in Savage Land. Well, this this happened when they got back. No, right as they got back. But, um... Oh, yeah. Okay. But, but anyway, so we see another Psylocke. She's all beat up and talks about what the Reavers have done. And then we get a snick as she grows Lady Deathstrike Claws and kills Gateway. Um... And then she tears off her clothes, and she is not Lady Deathstrike, but Sabretooth. And just a reminder how much I love Sylvester Sabretooth. Um, so good. And he kind of toys with Wolverine as he does. You know, cuts his, cuts his chest and licks the blood off of his claw. Um, You know, talks about how sloppy Wolverine was. And we, this is where we see what happened to Wolverine. And he yeah, drives we'll up in it. his truck in his little vest <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> um, he's in a full uniform except for, instead of his shirt. He just has like a, I don't know, like a, like a fishing vest. Um, with lots of pockets on it. But we are almost to the 90s. So um, but he goes inside the saloon that is on top of the underground complex. And he gets slammed right out the door. But that does turn into an awesome snicked. Yes, it does. And then he gets shot with some harpoon guns. The Reavers get him. They don't actually like really beat him necessarily, it doesn't look like. They just, you know, they trap him. And yeah. they, they chain him up to this, this fake crucif or this ex crucifix, which is actually yeah. probably more well, Roman, right? Um Dr- Dream Sabretooth makes the point that they learned that the Reavers learned how to take Wolverine, and so they use those harpoon guns. So they he can't, they can't, they don't get close enough for him to use his adamantium claws. Right. Although it seems like he could have probably just sliced through all the, <laughs> you know, you and stuff. But you would I guess think maybe, but holding he him down. Yeah, he was tired. He had a long drive yeah. through the outback. Um, That's true. But yeah, but then we see Sabretooth has o- Ogun's mask on. Um, and we just kind of see, you know, as Wolverine is on this cross here, kind of work his way through some of his top enemies up to this point. Um, yeah, which is very cool, by the way. Yeah, we get reference to the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries where they fought Ogun, and when, when the mask falls back off, it's Kitty underneath, and she pulls him off the cross and tries to take him away. And here's where we see more stuff about what the X-Men did when they came back, you know, Havoc was still in his loincloth, they're figuring out what we're trying to do. Um, and that's interspersed with them getting ambushed by the Reavers the first time. Yeah. And their decision that they're not, you know, they don't even have to fight the Reavers, actually. Because um, they decide they're going to quit being the X-Men. They can't find Wolverine. Uh, they lost Storm. Like, it's time to, to move on. And Psylocke pulls out the Siege Perilous and sends everybody through. Yep. But as she... A way... go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, as, as a way, ultimately, we find out to protect them. Yeah, yeah, because she sends the Reavers. So yeah. She sends them all through and then doesn't go... Oh, wait, no, she does go through. Yeah. And then, you know, the siege closes. 
Uh, Wolverine dreams about a nasty panel about the brood that chops his head. Um, yeah, so all that's pretty gnarly. Um, then we go from dreaming about villains to dreaming about the ladies. Um, he dreams about Storm and Jean and Mariko and Carol Danvers. Then he, he sees Storm as a kid, which we kind of barely know about. She was found in the hospital um, in episode 250. Uh, I pulled a camera in issue 250. Um, and we wonder, is this Storm related to Storm? There's all kinds of kind of like mystical mystery going on here. Yeah. Then, then we get to these last two pages where Wolverine pulls himself off the cross while Jubilee's watching. It's another two perfect pages. Yeah. And she can't bear to look, and he's like, so kid, you going to give a fella a hand or what? <laughs> That's so good, man. Yeah. So I issue a little hard to follow at points, but I love it. Yeah, it's really good. And when I first read it through, I finished again. No, I take that as I was reading it. I was, I was, as I said, I was pretty confused. And I was trying to fi- follow the fever dream and figure out what was real and what wasn't. By the time I got to the end of it, you know, especially because the, the bookends of this I- issue are like amazing. Yes. And so it's like, all right, well, I just figured, I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All will be revealed. I'll figure all this stuff out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. All right, well, any other part of the dream you really just, that I maybe missed that we just, you feel like we need to have and we need to know the listener needs to hear? I don't think so. I mean, we covered it. Because, it, again, it's just, it's a lot of different information being thrown at you. Some of it, tied to events that we that readers know that Wolverine wouldn't necessarily know and some of it is again just kind of rehashing the history of Wolverine right which yeah. is kind of an interesting way to, to get started if you were if you had never uh, if you just now decided to get into X-Men <laughs> right. at 51 for some reason or if you thought oh 250 I want to start X-Men and yeah. so you'd read that and now this is oh here's the the best character and we're going to tell y'all <laughs> yeah yeah I still kind of wonder if Psylocke left some kind of like almost like a a psychic voice message <laughs> yeah like like a voice yeah, I can see that yeah just like a, here's what happened yeah and so when he and got like, to the point that he was so kind of out of it his defenses were down and he I don't know somehow being out in the wilderness in the sun was able to pick up the memories that she left, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, she that has the power, seem, but... That seems uh, reasonable. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to give 251 six out of six claws. What do you got? Um, I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay. But only because I was confused. Fair enough. Fair enough. But that's a it's a strong five out of six. Right. And just to be a little different from you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We're always exactly the same. Right. So, but still definitely amazing. And, you know, really cover alone should make it a six. But. Right. <laughs> definitely. Cool. All right. Let's move on to 252. Where's Wolverine? Where's Waldo? Right. All right. So Wolverine. Let me get back to the cover here. 
All right, so issue 252, we have Chris Claremont, writer, Rick Leonardi, guest penciler, Kent Williams, guest anchor, Glennis Oliver, colorist, Tom Wozniakowski, letterer. So we switch out some art. Yeah, yeah. Give Sylvester your break, I guess. Um, Unfortunately, although this is good too, but not eh, quite Sylvester. Yeah, no, definitely not quite the same. Um, all right, so in this case, we open up with... Well, what's basically... the cover? Because we have a, oh, we have a Jim Lee we cover here. The, the cover, we have um, uh, Donnie P, Donald Pierce, or <laughs> Cyborg, <clears throat> with a torch... Next to him, the, uh, the uh, Bonebreaker. Is that the Reaver with the... I think so. The tank body. I think that's Bonebreaker. And then Lady Deathstrike on the other side. Um, and then in front of him, we have what looks like wolves with robotic bodies. In the book, they'll reveal to be dingoes. Yes. Although on the cover, they don't look like dingoes. No, but... they don't. They definitely look like wolves. Yeah, but like brown wolves yeah. or something. And with, you know, with... um. Donald Pierce holding the torch up in the air. There's a very kind of like old school monster feel to this cover. Yeah. I like the, uh, the wolves. It feels very like Frankenstein-y. Or, yeah, definitely. Or a uh, wolf man. Yeah. I don't really like the way Donald Pierce looks. I think that's my only complaint about the cover. Because otherwise I like it. I like the colors, I like the shading, but Donald Pierce, and I think it's not so much that I dislike the way he looks, it's that he looks like, um, who's the guy that was the center of like the Infinity Crusades and Infinity Gauntlet crossovers? Adam Warlock? Adam Warlock. He looks like Adam okay. Warlock. I can see that a little bit. And I guess he kind of always has that look, but it just seemed, I don't know, for some reason that color, it seemed more pronounced to me. Yeah, well, Jim Lee definitely gives him more of the square chin. Um, yeah. You know, makes his hair a little bit wavier than, say, Sylvester did. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely but a little bit of Jim Lee flavor on it. Otherwise, it's a great cover. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, in this case, we open up with uh, Wolverine having escaped. Donnie Key's real mad about it. Yep. Um, and then he starts yelling at all the Reavers. Lady Deathstrike criticizes him for him being unleaderly. <laughs> uh, so Donnie P tries to hook up with Lady D, but then she schools him, throws him on the ground, and walks off, which is always cool. Yeah, I love that. Because you have, a, you have a panel or two where she looks like the helpless, the damsel in distress for a minute, and then she just flips him on the ground and walks off all badass like. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. I thought it was like that kind of thing. Um, and then this... The Reavers explain to us, of course, about X-Men Scanner Invisibility. Someone's always got to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Every issue, someone's got to talk about that. We're almost through that, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they talk about that, and then they explain the Siege Perilous. So it's kind of an interesting uh, way interesting way to give us some exposition about a pretty confusing and abstract idea from many several issues ago. <laughs> so again, the casual reader might be like, well, was this each perilous? And these guys explain it to you, but in a way where they don't really fully know, but then somehow kind of do. Right. And so we get this idea of being judged and then you return to life to do it all again. 
Um, <clears throat> so then we jumped to Wolverine um, recovering. Jubilee's brought him to her little hideout pad and stealing food, and he's recovering. Yeah. We're back to a, kind of a slower healing factor again. Right. And interesting to note, too, that when Jubilee helps them, they don't leave the base. They just go to the part she was hiding in. So they're still yeah, with the Reavers. Yeah. Tunnels or whatever. Right. Basement. Uh, yeah. And so, so we get kind of Wolverine's slowly recovering, which I always, um, I always think about, you remember that time when Wolverine flew into the sun? <laughs> right. <laughs> I prefer this just to be. Yeah. Yeah. Clear. I do too. I, I, but I was, the, for whatever reason, I always think about that whenever it's right. a debate of how fast his healing factor is. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so he's recovering, and uh, he's in fever dreams, more fever dreams. In this case, I think that's supposed to be Nick Fury, isn't it? Well, at first he sees Carol, and then yeah, she Carol, turns into Nick and, Fury. And, and then Nick Fury, yeah, and then Nick Fury calls him a jerk because he uh, starts roughing up Jubilee because he's in the middle of this fever dream. Right. Um, and she's all mad because she tried to help him, but he's being, you know, pulls his claws out. And right. We get some kind of ugly drawings of uh, Jubilee. Yeah. In a row here. <clears throat> um, anyway, so then he finally kind of wakes up for that <coughs> from the dream and apologizes falls back asleep. <laughs> then we jump to the Reavers, who seem to be trying to figure out a way to get their scanners to overcome the X-Men's invisibility. Um, then we have Pretty Boy Cyborg is playing with the Yoshida sword for some reason. And, uh, if you're walking through the house and you find a cool sword, I'd probably pick it up. I guess that's true. So he starts chopping things around. Lady Strike comes in and says, you're not worthy to enjoy this. And then he's hitting on her. And then he tries to cosby her with tentacles from his eyes. <laughs> yeah. But then she uh, throws him on the ground and takes the sword. And then he walks away. <laughs> right. Walks away a bit dejected. Um and after that, let's see. Oh, and then the, so the Reavers explain that their scanners failed. They're not able to track the X-Men. Uh, so um, Donnie P calls in his robot dingoes, uh, who now look like fully robot dingoes. Yes. Not yeah, even huh. really cyborgs, although he calls them cyborgs. But <laughs> they just look like full robot dingoes. Right. Um, and says they're going to go track... Uh, track Wolverine. Then Jubilee and Wolverine are suddenly out in the wide open with Gateway. Wolver uh, Jubilee is very confused and kind of mad about it. And then they disappear back to back to the tunnels. Uh, Wolverine hears the dingoes. Reavers are searching the tunnels, uh, but because they're dummies, they end up shooting holes in the wall, and the bottom of the lake starts flooding the tunnels. <laughs> The dingoes find Wolverine, but he cuts him up to shreds, and then Jubilee blasts Donnie P, who then gets buried. And that's it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, I want to be very, oh. very clear. One of the highlights for me for this issue is Lady Deathstrike. Yes. Um, she's fantastic yeah. in this, this issue. Um, she definitely has the best parts of this whole issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she finds the lair, right? And leaves the sword there. 
Um, is that this issue? Yeah, yeah. It's towards the end. Um, so she leaves the Yoshida blade there until Wolverine claims to return it on her death. Well, I don't think that's not in this issue. Yeah, it's on page 27. Oh, right, yeah. right before the dingoes find Wolverine. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. forgot about that. Yes, yeah, she she did. after that's after the uh, the Reavers are unable to yeah yeah in anybody. And I like the way that we see she has almost like she's using Pierce and the Reavers. It has kind of her own agenda yeah. with Wolverine. I really like that. So she leaves a sword. You know, says one whoever survives. I'm gonna find Wolverine. Whoever survives can come back and get the sword. And we need to both make a mental note because I don't think that happens anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, anybody no, come, I, think, I think this sword kind of goes away for a while, so we need to make sure we kind of remember that it was left here. <laughs> yeah. And see if, if it's ever explained when it turns back up. Um, yeah, I like how Lady Deathstrike is, It's especially in this issue, it's very clear that the Reavers and Pierce, that they are only momentary allies of convenience. Right. And that she doesn't really respect them. She kind of thinks they're idiots. Yeah. Which is why she refuses to use his robot dog. So he tries to get her to take. And she's like, I don't need those stupid things. Right. <laughs> and then now they're blowing holes in the wall. And she's like, idiots. And says something about, should I help him? And then says, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves the sword. Um, I also like how Lady, I always like the the honor. And this is, you know, all the issues. How she she's always so focused on that idea of her her um, nobility and samurai honor and all that kind of stuff. And now she won't take the cheap shots right? against Wolverine. You know, yeah. she's just like, we're going to have a real honorable samurai fight at some point, And I'm going to wait for that. Yeah. Not yeah. Take the easy road. I like that. It's kind of like, you know, comic booky or whatever. Just, you know, yeah, we're going to do this on my terms. I won't beat you, you know, but I like right. it. I dig it. Um, I do too. I like when, uh, there are some characters it doesn't work for, but right. because it doesn't really make sense, it's just about them being ego maniacs, and so right. sometimes it's not as cool. <laughs> right. But because you have all the baggage of kind of the you know the Bushido and the uh, her being the Damia, all that kind of you know that kind of samurai culture and stuff, it, it I guess it works better. Yes, at least I agree. In, in the minds of uh, a white American, right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a Japanese person reading this might think, oh, brother. But, oh, brother, here we go again. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Georgie can uh, let it fill us in on whether he thinks this rings true or not. Um, yeah, there you go. But, uh, I do like the part before Carol turns into Nick Fury in the hallucination. Uh, she says, chum, when you make enemies, you sure don't fool around. Which I really like that. But I also like Wolverine kind of mutters under his breath. He says, that's why I try not to leave any alive. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. I also like where um, where he's uh, fighting after he destroys the, uh, the dingoes to, to shreds. And Pierce says something like, nobody mocks me, Mutie, especially you. And Wolverine says... Do something about it, bub. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, going you know, back to the Nick Fury thing, he says, um, Nick Fury says, you can't kill everybody, pal. And he says, sure worked for me, bub, till I signed <laughs> on with the X-Men. So yeah. I like I like kind of that dichotomy, right, of seeing how Wolverine's evolved since he's joined the X-Men and kind of what he was before and after. 
you know, points to kind of his character growth. So I really like that. Um, yeah. The only thing that ruins it is the panel where he says, then do something about it, bub. The Wolverine is drawn in a way that I do not like. And he has a shadow on his lip that looks like a Hitler mustache. And I don't know why anybody missed that. Why anybody looked at that and said, that looks like Hitler. Maybe we should change. <laughs> which which change page is that on? It's page 30. Oh, all the way back here. Where it zooms in on his face and he's got, you can see his claws in his face. Oh, so yeah. He right does corner. have a little Hitler mustache. There's also a scene where Leonardo draws a close-up on Pierce on page 22 where he's just showing like kind of the divot in his lip, but it looks like he has snot running out of his nose. Yeah, it does. It's his old runny nose. <laughs> Pierce has got a cold. Yeah, right. Allergies. Um, yeah. So going back to where Wolverine realizes his Jubilee, um, she pops the claws and Jubilee's like, gross! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. So right away, we kind of have this friendly but antagonistic. I mean, it's like right out of the gate where they meet. It's just a, it's really fun. Yeah. So when they when when we show up in the the desert or wherever, are they actually there, or is Jubilee brought into Wolverine's fever dream somehow? No. So at this point, it's not a fever dream. It's the dreamscape. You like went for a walkabout. Okay. And so Gateway's I, with him. Well, Gateway Spirit is with him. Or yeah, there is a there is a gateway there. And right. then but the Jubilee and so I guess I didn't I, didn't I was know. just confused as to how she got there. Well, yeah, I think he's playing I think Claremont's playing a little fast and loose with how historically people have dealt with, you know, the the kind of spirit walk. I don't know if just because someone's in the room with you they can walk into the spirit walk and just kinda of walk in and be like, Hey, here I am. Um with, without so, doing like the meditation and stuff themselves, but um, but in this story, she just kind of gets sucked into it and is like, "Hey, what's going on? I don't like this." Yeah, which is kind of funny. It works of her, you know, with her character kind of being compla- complaining and being mad that they're not answering her and just kind of, but it didn't quite make sense. So yeah, but you know. All right, what else you got for this one? That's about it. I love I love seeing Wolverine and bandages fighting the Robo Dingoes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed this issue. I like the art, but didn't love the art. Yes, I agree. I, I I like the art. I don't like the way, generally speaking, Leonardi draws faces up close. Yes. I would agree. The with closer that. the face gets, the more strange it looks. Not always, but a lot of the time. I don't really know why. It's like it gets really cartoonish when he zooms in. He's very stylized for sure. Yeah. And it so, works in I mean, some places. But but. It's not awful, but I just I don't appreciate it as much. Especially coming right after a Silvestri comic. Right. Just, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, how do you how do you feel about Jubilee? I mean, we're really getting them together for the first time. Yeah, I like the I like the characterizations of, of Jubilee. I like that she she seems to be drawn to wanting to help Wolverine, but also very unsure of what she thinks about it. Right. Yeah. Which I think 
makes sense within the, the context, certainly. Yeah. Now, I, I wrote that uh, her dialect definitely feels very aged. Like the things she says, yeah, the phrases it, she uses, but still a great character and a great introduction to a character. Yeah, it still works. It was I did find it a, a bit hard to read in a few places because there is so much Valley so much Girl, yeah, Valley Girl. And, <laughs> but you know, at the time, that was really funny. Right. It's kind of played out now, in 2017. But, right. But, but uh, yeah, it, it still worked. Yeah. All right, what do you want to grade on Kenny X-Men 252? I'm going to give this one a five as well. Okay. Not quite as strong of a five as the previous issue. Um, Partly art, partly because not not as, I don't know. But but Lady Deathstrike, that that part of it, Jubilee, there's there's a lot of really good stuff in here, so. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to be with you. I also gave it five out of six claws, but with the asterisk that... Sylvestri would have made this a six for me. I, I think I agree with that. I think if I if I love because the the you know some of the panels Sylvestri has are classic amazing panels. I think some of these, a few of these, especially that what are you going to do about it panel? Right. If that hadn't been Hitler and it was Wolverine, <laughs> Sylvester's Wolverine, that would have been another one of those amazing classic panels, probably. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been for sure. All right, well, let's move on to issue 253. This is Storm Warnings. Written by what? That's no, my computer was doing something weird. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Storm Warnings, written by Chris Claremont. Art by Mark Silvestri and Steve Lealoha. Letters by Tom Orjakowski. Colors by Glennis Oliver. Um... The cover is by Sylvester and Dan Green, and not a huge fan of this cover. Yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing for for it. It looks too old. Like it seems out of date for that time period. Yeah, and that part's okay. I just honestly, as, as much as I love Sylvester and I do, I don't think it's all that well drawn. Um, yeah, it's a little, seems rushed. Right. Seems like someone came up with a, a quick idea and he's like, all right, and kind of slams them together. Right. And Storm doesn't look like a person. I know they're playing with the shadow, but she looks like some kind of weird creature. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't look, she doesn't have a human face. Yeah. It seems like, and yeah, I didn't even realize it was Storm. <laughs> even after reading it. Going back, looking at it, I, my first thought was not Storm. Right. I knew it was Storm because of the white hair, and Sylvester loves to give her cat eyes. And so I yeah. knew. Yeah. I knew well, they, and they have that panel towards the end where it's like, look at her. <laughs> right. that closely. <laughs> so, but we do know from the cover what we're kind of getting into, that this issue is going to have lots of little bits. Yeah. And it does. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a... A messy issue, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. necessarily mean in a bad way, but it's just like yeah. a bunch of we'll stuff see. happening. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so a naked preteen storm, but all shadowed. Just all shadowed. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, it's found at the it's epicenter of what did you say? <laughs> so don't get too excited. Yeah, or yeah, or worried, whichever, whichever. Right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyway, a naked preteen storm is found at the epicenter of a terrible er, storm 
in Cairo, Illinois, which I thought was funny. If you know Storm's yeah. history, because, you know, she right. grew up in Egypt. That is funny. So it's not Egypt, but it's Cairo, Illinois. Um, as she collapses and is taken to the ER, the storm subsides. And we're told it's one of the worst storms, you know, in the history of that area. They're like sandbagging yeah. it and everything. Um, meanwhile, there's going to be a lot of meanwhile in this issue. Um, meanwhile, yeah. Pierce works on, quote unquote, improvements to his reverse. Deathstrike checks in and says her perimeter sweep is fruitless, but she is lying. She has Wolverine dead to rights in her sniper rifle scope, but will wait until he's healed to fight him one-on-one with honor. So I'm kind of going back to that thing again. Um, Meanwhile, back at the hospital, they can't monitor Storm since she's still electronically invisible, so they assume she's a mutant. Meanwhile, Magneto and Moira have a shouting match where he decides it's best for, for all of mutants for him to be a bad guy again. And, <laughs> and she decides she has to lock down Xavier's property and bunker the new mutants on Muir Island. Meanwhile, back in Australia, Pierce presses Deathstrike on Wolverine on where Wolverine might try to go. Meanwhile, on Muir Island, Banshee saves Polaris from a crazy boat. Random Excalibur plug. (laughs) Meanwhile, Forge fights the Shadow King on the astral plane, realizing Lil Storm, L-I apostrophe L, Storm, is in danger. The hospital accidentally calls the Shadow King about Storm. Meanwhile, Pierce, Deathstrike, and the Reavers decide Wolverine is going to Muir Island, so they are too. Why not? But Wolverine doesn't get there anytime soon. Just FYI. <laughs> right. We have a long way to go. Yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about in all those little little bits? <clears throat> Ooh, lots of little bits there. Um, I was going to mention, I thought the 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 look at her or the, the scene where they're going over Storm at the beginning when they find her and they wrap her in a blanket, they take her to the hospital. And someone's like, she appears to be preteen, appears to be black. And this guy's like, appears? What do you mean? And she says, see for yourself. And they have a zoom in of her face with the cat eyes. Really wanting to emphasize the cat eyes. Yep. Yeah, really, really kind of say, and it's kind of weird because it doesn't, I don't think it lasts forever, but really, really focusing that this is not just an artistic interpretation that Sylvester did. Like, this is, this is, her physiology. <laughs> He's trying to make it canon. Right, yeah, make it canon. There you go. Yeah. Um, I thought the Reavers were... The Reavers were kind of funny, because this, cause this this issue, is, after two pretty intense issues, this issue had quite a bit of uh, corniness in it, to yes. a degree. Yeah, know, Just did, like, oh, sure. let's do something funny here. That you have one part where Pretty Boy is saying something, and so... Pierce basically chops his head off and then his head bounces and says, ouch, 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 as it bounces across the right the hallway. And then Pierce picks up the head by the hair and talks to it. Yeah, I know that was funny. Um, I, the page before that where Bonebreaker gets punched or hit or whatever. Or no, it's not Bonebreaker, it's somebody else. But he has a tattoo of a bone snapping on his shoulder and as he yells and gets hurt, like they put the, the sound right above the tattoo. Kind of humorous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. 
was funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that is Filmbreaker, because he's, we switched scenes. That's not the cleanup crew, that's, that's Pierce working him on the table. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cleanup crew is the, the Hellfire Club guys. Right, right, right. Cole and them. And so Pierce is fixing up the Reavers for whatever reason. Right. And also, there's also that one panel there on page six where Pierce looks like the Joker. It's terrible. It's terrible. He looks like the Joker when the Joker puts on human face, flesh like color makeup. Paint. Yeah, yeah, where he puts on makeup, like in the 89 Batman. Yeah, the Jack yeah. Nicholson Joker. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Got to keep talking about that X-Men Invisible thing. I yeah. Keep putting that in there. Which it made sense in the story. Um, I, it, I don't... I didn't quite fully understand the, the Calypso part. Calypso? Like, what am I saying? Yeah, Calypso. Yeah, Calypso. yeah uh, where she just kind of jumps out of the wall and then <laughs> and, and throws her against the wall. Yeah. It's weird. like a random. Here's Calypso. Yeah. Calypso. Keep saying Calypso. That's all right. Calypso. Um, the, oh, I was also going to mention, I thought <clears throat> when Lady Jestrike gets in a swimsuit and takes a swim. Man, people love to swim in that little underground cavern pool. I know. I guess maybe it's nice and cool. I don't know. But it made me, it reminded me of uh, back in the 90s when they did the Marvel swimsuit editions. Oh, here. right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think Lady Deathstrike was in one of those. Maybe, maybe. Because I think they did a Heroes and a Villains one, maybe, if I remember I that correctly. I don't remember. You remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, uh, anyway, this made me think of that. I, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that in a long time. And right. Reminded me of that. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of setup. A lot of setup. So much yeah, and she's big. After her Savage Land adventures, she's a big Polaris. Yeah, she's a grown giant. Yeah. And kind of looks like Wolfsbane. Oh, uh, with the hair a little bit, yeah. The hair, if the that. hair wasn't green, I probably would have at least at first thought it was Wolfsbane. But yeah. Wolfsbane? Wolfsbane or Wolfsbane? Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Wolf. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I, on record, right? Many times, right. over and over again. Big Silvestri fan. And I don't yes. know how the art was split up in this book. I don't know if Silvestri drew some and had Leilohas inks, and that was the difference, or how much Leilohas, because he's, he's an inker and a penciler. So I don't know how much, I don't know yeah. who did what, but the art in this book is not any good. Yeah, I agree. I don't think. Um, I agree. It's, it's ugly and messy and... I just do not care for it. Yeah, I think the first, the first like three or or first four pages look like Silvestri. And then once we cut to Pierce fixing the Reavers, it quits looking like that. Yeah. The ink is very thick and Dan Green is not thick ink Silvestri. And so that's why I'm wondering if Either Lay Aloha drew some of this or he just lays it on too heavy for yeah. Sylvester's style. I don't know. But even, because even the, the actual penciling doesn't look like Sylvester. No, it doesn't. Not, yeah. So I agree. I don't, it's not a, the art is not an enjoyable read. 
Oh, actually, I can tell. So, Lay Aloha definitely does the scenes that aren't the Reavers, like, just by yeah. himself. But I'm wondering if he also inked the pages that Silvestri did that would involve Storm and uh, the Reavers. Yeah. I don't know. Most of the stuff at the hospital looks kind of, looks more normal. Right. Right. And everything else. I don't know. It, it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, it definitely does. But it's not it's not a good combo. Yeah, I right. agree. Well, what do you think of the story? Um, it's okay. I mean, th- there were parts of it that were interesting and kind of funny, but it it was so there's so many different things. There wasn't really any full stories. Right. And so it was one of those issues where it's hard, it's kind of hard to judge because it's it's catching you up on a lot of points that I assume in the next couple of issues they're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so it may or may not be cool as we go forward. But at the moment, I don't know enough about anything. Yeah, and I think this is kind of a Claremont thing that happens sometimes, right? Because he'll have stories where he has like a story, but then there'll be little subplots. Yeah. And then sometimes he'll, he'll ditch that and tell like a full story. And I feel like the last two issues have been that. Yeah. Where it's just been very, there may be a little page here and there, but mostly just about the Wolverine story. Yeah. And what was not the Wolverine story was in Wolverine's fever dreams. That was still part of Wolverine's story. <laughs> right. And then it's like, he kind of panics like, oh, I've had two issues or I haven't caught anybody up on anything. So I'm going to have yeah. this one issue that's not, that's neither. It's not a solid story and it's not a story with subplots. It's just all subplot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's 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 just it becomes kind of frustrating in this case because you had two issues of a really interesting story. We're following Wolverine and Jubilee, and that story is not really resolved. And so we get here where they're still kind of keeping that story going, but not in any kind of satisfying way. Right. And so this becomes a comic that's a total divergence in what feels like in the middle of a fast moving arc. Right. Yeah. It's weird. Well. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe they. Uh, I think you may be right. This idea that that Claremont's got a lot of threads he's trying to he's trying to put together, and he just kind of focused a lot on those stories, and then he was like, "Oh man, <laughs> I got I got to set up the next couple of arcs, so let's do an issue, right? <laughs> do it fully a full story issue, lots of stories issue." Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, I yeah. do like the, the Wolverine part, the Death Strike part. Those are good. The Storm part's pretty good. The rest is very meh. And the Magneto yeah. part doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, I but, don't. There seems like there was... It felt like there was absolutely no reason for that to be at this point. Well, it, it, it feels... You know, sometimes you know there's editorial mandates all the time. Right. Right? And sometimes writers go with that and they write their own story around it. And sometimes the story feels feels like an editorial mandate this one yeah. is one of those like it feels like marvel said hey we need magneto to be bad again and instead of claremont crafting a really kind of emotional or character driven stories like okay fine <laughs> he's bad again whatever i don't care yeah <laughs> yeah I, I took it a, i took it a different way i kind of thought this was more of editors saying hey no not enough people are reading new mutants 
So yeah. you make something weird happen, so people will read it and they'll go, "Oh man, something crazy must be happening in New Mutants. I better go look read that." Yeah, for a bit. I just I don't know if that's true right now. We're, we're almost to Liefeld. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it just felt like it felt like a very oh, remember Magneto and the New Mutants? <laughs> right, Magneto's right. leaving. And then with no real explanation. And so I would, if I was reading at the time and I hadn't been reading New Mutants, I'd be like, oh man, I bet something big happened for him to leave. I better go through that. I need to re-catch up because I wonder if he just disappears from that book. And they're like, hey, we need to explain why he's not in that book anymore. Can you do something real fast? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. That could be it too. Because with all the creative uh, change on that book, maybe he just kind of was not there. I don't know. But it seems like they would have done that in New Mutants, though. Right. But this was... We have a lot of that going on. There's some stuff that happens, like, with Excalibur and X-Men. They're like, shouldn't those be in the other books? But... Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, and and we're... We're at 80... We're in 1989 at this point. And so we're getting into the 90s where everything will be nonstop crossovers. <laughs> right, right. And every comic will be connected and so you you know the capitalism of it all where you start to feel like you have to buy every single Marvel comic or you won't know what's going on. Right. So yeah, I think maybe it could be a little bit of that too, where they're just trying to cross pollinate everything to get everybody to to read everything. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah, it, could it, be for sure. It was weird. <clears throat> All right. Well, when do you want to grade on Kenny X Men two fifty three? I want to give this one. My first instinct is a three. I feel like that might be a little too low, but I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I gave it three out of six claws. Part of me wants to inch up to a four just for the parts that I like, but then the art's too bad. So I'm like, nah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think if they if they had even kind of kept the Wolverine Jubilee story going then I, I might have said it was more enjoyable but Wolverine Jubilee aren't even hardly in it no barely barely and so that storyline is then, not even hardly there other than just like well here's the bad guys what they recoup for a minute like right. I care about that yeah and then they don't show up for like two or three more issues at all yeah so that completely yeah. falls off um so, speaking of that, we're going to kind of leave this story hanging a little bit. Because um, before we get back to where they show back up in Uncanny, we're going to hop back over to the Wolverine solo series to, to get ready for Acts of Vengeance, which is where this story will pick back up on the tail end of that. So, there's some weird kind of... You know, we're getting to the point where chronology is going to be very, very hard, and we'll mostly focus on... <laughs> story by story, but then I wanted to do Acts of Vengeance as an event. And both of these clearly happened before, but then also kind of simultaneous and they come out of it and like, I don't know, it just is weird. It's weird and hard to put together, but we'll do the best we can. Yeah. We'll try. Yeah. So speaking of that, I don't know for sure where this episode is going to land, so I don't know what will be next, but... The next flashback episode will kick off Acts of Vengeance and the return of the burn. John Byrne coming to the Wolverine solo series. Um, we feel in the burn. Yeah, after a pretty long absence from the characters. So that'll be, be interesting as well. But, yeah. Um, well, Cameron, any closing thoughts on these books and the addition of Jubilee to kind of the Wolverine family? Um, 
just that I'm excited to see where it goes. Wolverine, uh, Jubilee was always such an interesting, like, silly but interesting character uh, to throw into that that adds to the humanity of Wolverine, which is always interesting. Right. I, I also thought reading these old comics, now we're in the era where most of the ads are video game ads. Yeah. And so it's making me more and more upset about how I didn't get one of the Nintendo classics. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, for all the, all the uh, internet trolls that bought all of those and they're trying to resell them for $300. <laughs> yeah, I'm still mad about you. it. Yeah. That's, but yeah. That's, that's, yeah. All right. Well, I agree. I think I'm excited to see Wolverine and Jubilee kind of come together. Um, I thought the story in which they did it made a whole lot of sense and kind of, almost they were kind of forced together and then out of that would grow this bond because, I mean, yeah. she saved his life from, right. from the most extent, right? Um, yeah. With this healing factor, he probably could have done it himself, but that's not how it played out. So I think, I think there's a bond there that I'm looking forward to see develop, you know, over yeah. the coming years so and I love Jubilee they're not all don't love all the comics she's in all the time but I usually love her <laughs> yeah so. yeah she's, the idea of her is it's a good character yeah some writers use you just straight up froze on me I don't know what you're saying or where you went did you freeze Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah. I turned off the video, so... Okay, all right. Anyway, you were saying some writers do what? Oh, I just said some writers use her better than others. Yes, definitely. When she when she's just kind of the irritating teen, it's not always as fun, but right. when she is that within context of something going on, and again, the, the interplay of, of her being kind of an irritating teen and, and Wolverine being more patient than you would expect with her... It's always a. It, it's again part of his character, which is again what makes Wolverine one of the most fascinating comic book characters. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. Well, Cameron, where can people find you, sir? At Cameron Sinclair is my Twitter. Though I haven't done much with it lately. Fair enough. <laughs> I've been uh, out of out of pretty much out of everything for a little while, but yeah. How's your how's your old doctorate coming? Man, it's there. All <laughs> school, right. The school year, the uh, new semester has kind of kicked me in the face, so. Oh. But I'm hoping to get back to that soon. So. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, can't wait to have a doctor on the podcast. <laughs> one of these days, man. One of these days. Yeah. All right. Well, as usual, um, if you like the Facebook page for the podcast that goes snicked. Twitter is at SnickCast, and show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. And Cameron, thanks so much for coming back on. You know, it's been through no one's fault. We've just kind of been in a little bit different orbit. Um, yeah. But hopefully we can get to the uh, the next one pretty sooner than yeah, later. At least within, you know, not wait three months again. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as we just get the app working again, then right. we can exactly. get into that. Yeah. So really, it's Marvel's fault. Yeah, it is Marvel's fault. It's Thanks the Marvel IT department's fault. 
<laughs> they need a new IT guy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, hope you enjoyed having Cameron back on. I know Pat will be super excited. Um, <laughs> so awesome, awesome. So I guess that's it. Any any closing words of wisdom? It's good to be back. Hopefully yeah. it won't be so long. Yeah, hopefully not. So Cool. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snakes. Bye-bye. You going to say bye to our nice friends? Oh, bye. <laughs> Thanks and, for hanging with <laughs> Right. Hanging with Mr. Sinclair. The new <laughs> sitcom on ABC streaming. <laughs> oh, gosh. Streaming only. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, and snacked.